Welcome to the Essential Astrocast. I'm your host, Veronica Peretti. I'm a yoga teacher, a coach, and most importantly, an astrologer. And that's why I come to you every week here in your podcast feed to let you know what's going on up there in the heavens so that you can dictate your fate down here on earth. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome back to the Essential Astrocast. I'm Veronica and I am recording a little bit early this week. So I'm recording on Sunday and it is the 14th of November. We are going into the first of two eclipses for this eclipse season this week. So I wanted to make sure that you are prepared. I also wanted to get the podcast out to you earlier this week because last week there was no podcast because I was completely overwhelmed with plans for my wedding celebration, which was on Thursday, 11-11. Now, a lot of people ask me about this because Paris Hilton also got married this past Thursday on 11-11-21, but I actually got married in May, as some of you longer time listeners may recall, which was a beautifully auspicious by astrological standards day. And 11-11 actually wasn't a great day. And so for those brides who chose to get married, you know, there was some really good stuff. Like we had the sun trying Neptune, but there was some really challenging stuff going on last week. So when you choose a wedding date astrologically, you actually look at the date and the time of the moment that you and your partner met And you use what we call the meet chart, M-E-E-T, and make sure that your marriage chart works with that meet chart. And when we did this, and I've done it now several times because I rescheduled my wedding pretty much four times because of COVID. I rescheduled one wedding twice, and then we had a micro wedding and a few other dates in there. And so I looked at a lot of these dates. And so I'm sharing this to say that... um, With astrology and numerology, there are ways to work with them together, but if you're looking for an astrologically auspicious date, it might not be a numerologically cool date, right? And so 11-11-21 was really cool, and that's probably why Paris Hilton picked it. I haven't watched the Peacock special on it yet. There is a Peacock special on Paris Hilton getting married, and Kim Zolciak-Bierman, uh, of Real Housewives of Atlanta. She got married in 11-11 years ago. So a lot of people asked me why we chose 11-11. And mostly we chose it because it was a really cool date for a party to celebrate our wedding. And there were some really nice aspects. The moon was in Aquarius, which is great for being with friends because Aquarius rules friends. The sun was trying Neptune, as I said, which is romantic. But the big thing last week was Mars square Saturn. And that was really tough. And so if, like Paris Hilton... You got married last week, that Mars square Saturn would be in your marriage chart. And so that's a little bit tough. That is a lot of frustration. And so it was not the best week to be doing something super important because you probably came up against a lot of roadblocks. And that is not necessarily bad because that's how we grow. When we come up to those squares, the squares motivate us to grow and to up level. Now, it's also a great lesson for you because a lot of times I have clients and listeners reach out and say, oh, should I be scared of doing something on this date or should I wait to do X, Y, Z? 
I am an astrologer. I picked countless wedding dates. I've even done it for other people. And I still picked a day that wasn't great. I totally missed that we were going to have that Mars-Saturn square. And I totally missed that the moon was going to be void during my party. So we had some mess ups. We had some things that didn't work out. But overall, it was a great time. It was so much fun. I felt so much love and joy coming at me. Were there frustrating things? Were there some mess ups? Yes. I think that probably happens with most weddings. But I do know that it was not as smooth as my first wedding, which was on an astrologically pretty benefic date. All of that is to say that if you are going to choose a date based on numerology or astrology, I would go for the astrology, not the numerology. But last week, if you were having a hard time, please know that you're not alone. That Mars square Saturn was really, really tough. So I think last week was kind of like when you're doing a juice cleanse. So years ago, there was a juice cleanse in New York called the Blueprint Cleanse, and people loved it. And there was this really gross, really bitter green juice that you had to drink all day. And then at night, you would get this cashew milk that had dates and cinnamon and vanilla in it. And it was so delicious. And people were like, just push through. And then once you get to that cashew milk at night before you go to bed, you're going to feel great. And I remember just like dying to get to that cashew milk. So last week was kind of like all of this hard work trudging up the mountain with the wind blowing at you because of the Mars square Saturn. And then we got to Friday, we had that sudden try Neptune and it was like you got to that cashew milk at the really end of a bitter hard day. So this was a tough week, but it also had some really super duper bright spots. On Thursday, we did have the moon trine Jupiter as well, which is really lovely, which was another reason I chose to have a party that day. There were bright spots in a really challenging week. So hopefully it restored your sense of optimism instead of feeling like a big downer because Mars square Saturn can feel like there is a wet blanket on your plans to take action because Mars wants to take action and Saturn is like, oh, wait, are you doing it right? So it can be a little bit tough. Now, we also have Venus in Capricorn right now, which we talked about on the previous podcast a couple weeks ago, which means that our relationships feel a little bit more serious. Our relationship to our money feels serious. We're doing a lot of long-term planning It's not easy going when Venus is in Capricorn and she's there until March 7th because she's going to retrograde December 19th. So I've said it before and I'll remind you again and I'll continue to remind you over the next few weeks, do your Christmas shopping now. You see everything going on with the supply chain. You see everything going on with inflation. This is a big topic of conversation in the news. A lot of this has to do with Venus and Capricorn. So Venus and Capricorn is going to reflect the tougher parts of our economy, and we really have to prepare. So this is a good time to get the Christmas shopping done now and make sure you put a little aside in the savings before you head into next year because Venus and Capricorn retrograde, it's going to be a little tough and we're going to have it through the end of January. We're also going to have Mercury retrograde in January. That reminds me that I have an amazing offer for those of you that are healing and helping entrepreneurs and small business owners. 
I am offering the Astro Biz Cast for you guys. And it is, I only have about six slots left for early December because like me, you're probably planning 2022 now or, you know, as we get toward the end of the year. So if you want to know when your money houses are lit up or when the eclipses or the retrogrades are going to impact you or when you should launch something and when you should take vacation, when you should rest, when you should pull back and when you should push forward, then the Astro BizCast is going to be a great resource for you. You can book one um, using the link in the show notes. And I'm really excited about that because I'm basically doing for you what I do for myself every year. So if you want to get a bird's eye view of what 2022 looks like and work with it to plan your business, then that's going to be great. So definitely let me know if you have questions about that. You can always text me or DM me on Instagram at Veronica Peretti on Instagram if you're there. Over the weekend, we've had Mercury opposite Uranus. So that can make you a little bit anxious and that can bring up some unexpected conversations or some unexpected occurrences. That energy is also present in the lunar eclipse that we're going into this week because the lunar eclipse has Mars opposite Uranus, which can make you very accident prone. And it can also lead to violent outbursts or explosions. All of a sudden it just comes up and you can't control it. If you feel like you are a little bit volatile or emotionally fragile, this is a good week to stay away from people that trigger you because this weekend we have Mercury opposite Uranus, which means you might say things unexpectedly or someone else might say something unexpected. But then going into next week, particularly during that lunar eclipse, we're going to have Mars opposite Uranus, and that can be even more volatile. The lunar eclipse will be interesting. I don't think it's terrible. Eclipses are not terrible. So here's the PSA for eclipses. My friend, Catherine Urban, who's a wonderful astrologer, you should check her out. She says eclipses are cosmic course correctors, and I love that way of looking at them. I always say that eclipses are pressure cookers. So if I put my, you know, Moroccan chicken in the pressure cooker, it cooks in 12 minutes. If I do it in the slow cooker, which I usually do, it cooks in four hours on high. So if you are a person that likes to approach change slow and steady, eclipses are going to be really more challenging for you. Eclipses are like pressure cookers. They make the change happen really fast. So whatever's coming up is just going to get accelerated Now, we don't always have control because there's something about eclipses that feel fated. There is a destiny aspect to them. And I always say that you dictate your fate. 90% of astrology is is free will. It's working with the energy. But 10% of astrology is kind of just fate, destiny, out of our hands, the mystery of life. And so that 10% tends to show up during eclipses. It also tends to show up when we're working with Pluto, but the eclipses happen when a new moon or a full moon happens near the nodes of fate. So whenever we're working with those nodes, those spots on the ecliptic, we are working with our fate, with our destiny. 
The south node represents where we're coming from and what we are releasing. And the north node represents where we're going to and what we're moving toward. The north node can be really ravenous and the south node can make us want to lean back into our comfort zone, the place where things are just a little bit easier for us because we already know it. So it's a push-pull, a seesaw, if you will, between these two things, and we have to find some balance in the middle. And that's not an easy thing to do as humans. Balance is something that we're always striving for because it's hard to stay in balance, right? So this eclipse, again, I am not down on it. A lot of astrologers are super down on it. I'm not down on it because this eclipse has a T-square with Jupiter. Now, if you're going to have a T-square, the best T-square you can have is having Jupiter as the focal planet. T-squares are when two squares come together and there's an opposition. So there is a triangle. And when you have that triangle, it means that there is a motivation to change. There is a motivation to take action. And so while squares and T-squares and grand crosses are challenges and they get a bad rap for that reason, they are also the things that motivate us to motivate us to make changes and grow. So they are important and necessary for our evolution. If I'm going to have a T-square, I definitely would prefer to have a T-square with Jupiter than Saturn or Pluto or Uranus or somebody else. So on Friday, we have a full moon lunar eclipse in Taurus. That means that the moon is in Taurus and the sun is in Scorpio. It's going to be at 27 degrees Taurus. That means the sun is at 27 degrees Scorpio and the moon is at 27 degrees Taurus. Every month when the moon comes into opposition with the sun, we have a full moon. If that occurs near the nodes of fate, then we have an eclipse. We generally have eclipses for up to six times a year, but they always happen in clusters close together. So we have eclipse season every six months. This is a really interesting one because it's the first one on this Scorpio Taurus axis. It's a little funky because the nodes are still in Gemini and Sagittarius. So the next eclipse, which will be two weeks from this Friday, will be when we have the new moon solar eclipse in Sagittarius. Both of these eclipses occur with the nodes still in that Gemini-Sagittarius axis. This is a little taste of what's coming because the nodes move backwards and the north node is going to go from Gemini into Taurus next year, early 22. So it's a little taste of what we're going to be dealing with in 2022 and 2023 because the nodes spend about a year and a half, a little more in a sign. But we're still wrapping up and integrating everything we've been learning about since we've had the first eclipse on this axis of Gemini and Sagittarius, which was in June 2020. So if you remember back in June 2020, we had a lot going on with racial uprising. It was right after George Floyd was killed. We were going into the summer and things were looking a little better with COVID, but the culture war around COVID was really heating up. The misinformation and disinformation campaign around COVID was getting worse and worse and worse. And we were going into the election. So it was a very intense summer. And that was when this series of eclipses started. So 
this week and over the next few weeks, you're going to have an opportunity to release whatever has come up over this time that is no longer needed for you to move forward. You're going to have an opportunity to integrate all that you've learned. And I think eclipses in general give us an amazing opportunity for disintegration and integration. You know, moving away and letting go of the things that are no longer for us and integrating all of the lessons and all of the stuff that's come up. And sometimes that integration can take a really long time. And a lot of those things that started in summer 2020 are probably just getting integrated for you now. And you've probably learned a lot more about that stuff over the last year and a half. So this is kind of, I hate saying the last chance because it's never the last chance for anything, but it's the last chance to integrate this knowledge while the nodes are in Gemini and Sagittarius over the next few months going toward that, not even few months, really through the end of the year. But then we have a new thing. Then we have a new lesson to learn when we go into the Taurus Scorpio axis. But because the sun and Mercury are conjunct in this eclipse chart in Scorpio, they are illuminating what's in the dark. They are illuminating the secrets and the power abuses. And that's a lot of what we've been dealing with collectively and also individually since summer 2020. Jupiter creating this T-square with the sun and the moon. So think about the sun and the moon being opposite one another. And they're both creating a square, a 90 degree angle to Jupiter, which creates a triangle. Jupiter is the amplifier and he is in the sign of Aquarius, which is the sign of humanity, the collective, the hopes and dreams of the group, our friendships. So we have to work together. Jupiter is telling us, We all got to work together on this project, whatever is going on here. This is no longer a each man for himself situation. Now, Venus is also involved because she's sextiling Mars. We like that because that also brings us closer in our relationships. It makes it a little bit easier to be with one another. But Venus is squaring Chiron, which means that there's going to be some poking at your core wound, whatever your core wound is from childhood. If your core wound has to do with insecurity, when it comes to money or safety, Venus might poke at that, especially since she's in Capricorn. So I said at the beginning, you know, put a few dollars in the savings account. It'll just make you feel a little bit better. Mercury's, of course, conjunct the sun, as I mentioned earlier, which makes everyone a little bit stubborn. So look out for that. The thing that I'm most concerned with is the Mars opposite Uranus in this chart, which can again bring up some volatility. And then sun and Mercury are also still in a trine to Neptune. So there's a little bit of that sweetness left over from Friday, which means that this also might be an opening up to your hopes and your dreams. Because while Aquarius rules our hopes and our dreams, Neptune rules our subconscious and altered states of reality. So we might get a little bit of a peek of what's going on below the surface if we can allow ourselves to go deep in our meditation, if we can allow ourselves a little bit of time to just be with the thoughts and be with the feelings. And again, remember that eclipses are out of our control, which means it's a time to be open to the messages and the shifts in the wind current. So sit back, 
and allow yourself to see what's unfolding without pushing or trying to force or control because you're not going to be able to. And that's why we don't do manifestation or intention setting during eclipse season. The best intention you can set right now is to say, I'm willing to be open and curious to what the universe has to tell me. That's pretty much the best and only intention you can have during eclipse season. So just to review, because I know I jumped around a little bit and really we're talking about everything from the vantage point of the eclipse, because that's the major thing. And because all of the transits, all of the aspects this week, they are happening in this eclipse chart. So I'm just going to do a little review of all the aspects throughout the week so that you know what's coming each day. The sun is going to square Jupiter on Monday. That's part of the eclipse chart again as well. So that helps you see the opportunities, which is great because the sun square Jupiter of all the squares, sun square Jupiter is probably the best. It can make you a little overconfident. It can put you a little bit in the ego. So be careful with that. But it also can give you a sense of optimism and the ability to see the opportunities in front of you. The sun is going to sextile Pluto on Tuesday, which is going to put you in the mindset of where can I be strategic? Where do I have control in the situation? Remember, you don't really have control right now, but how can you be strategic with what you are doing? Mars is opposite Uranus on Wednesday, which basically means just be careful and do not enter any confrontations. If you can avoid them, please do. Also, accidents also often happen with Mars opposite Uranus. So just be careful and conscientious. Don't cross the street while you're texting. Don't text while you're driving. Don't take a risk that is unnecessary on Wednesday or really even all this week. Just really avoid risk taking that is not necessary. On Friday, Venus is going to trine Uranus and that can be unexpected opportunities falling in your lap. All of a sudden, maybe you realize that you get a check you weren't expecting or you are introduced to someone who knows someone at the company you're trying to get a job, it's a great opportunity for networking and connecting and being open to new relationships and new ways of making money. Now, on Saturday, we have Mercury squaring Jupiter. So just like earlier in the week when we had the sun square Jupiter, then we'll have Mercury square Jupiter on Saturday. That'll be after the eclipse has passed, and this is going to be speaking to those opportunities. So whatever showed up for you, the eclipse might have unveiled something you had not been expecting, and now you get to speak to it. Now you get to decide if you're going to take it. You get to decide if you're going to go after it. Mercury square Jupiter can give us a confidence in our voice, which is great. Again, Jupiter can lead to a little bit of the overconfidence, but... If you are a self-aware individual, do not worry about being overconfident. Allow the Jupiter to really help you rise up and use your voice in a way that helps you move forward. So on Sunday, we have Mercury sextiling Pluto, which means that 
the strategy comes into play. So you get to think a little bit more strategic about what's going on. You might have some conversations where you have something click. You're like, oh, that's what that means. Mercury is the messenger. Pluto is always digging at what's below the surface, the secrets, the darkness, control issues, power, greed. So we might experience some of that in our realm this week. We might experience that some of the places in our life where control and greed and power are being abused might be illuminated. So that's a good thing. Eclipses get a bad rap because they can be hard, but they also bring a lot of this stuff to the surface that we want to clear out. And remember, as they always say, sunlight is the best disinfectant and eclipses can bring that because with eclipses, the light of our luminaries, the sun and or the moon are being obscured. And when the light is obscured, everything else around it is that much brighter. So there's always a play of the light and the dark when we're looking at eclipses. And there's always an experience of our shadow side coming to the surface. The good news is that at the end of this week, the sun moves into Sagittarius, which is party time. And next week, Mercury moves into Sagittarius as well. So Sagittarius is always this holiday season. We always have Thanksgiving the first Thursday after the sun goes into Sagittarius. And Thursday is the day of Jupiter. Jupiter is the ruler of Sagittarius. Jupiter loves more food, more presents, more everything. So when we are talking about Thanksgiving and the cornucopia, all of that is the bounty of Jupiter. Jupiter is the Roman version of Zeus, the god of the gods. He fathered all the children. The cornucopia, the bounty, is Jupiter being a master at procreation. That's actually where that comes from. There's some great symbolism around that and the cornucopia, and I'll save that for another day. But what I wanted to say is that this is a time of year where we get to experience joy, unfettered joy, and fun, and being together. And after everything we've gone through, and now that we're finally shifting into this next phase with the nodes, this time of Sagittarius season this year is really primed to be very special. So enjoy it. I know Venus being in Capricorn is going to cast a serious shadow around this Sagittarius season, but it will still be delightful to have the sun and Mercury in the sign of Sag. And once we go into this Sagittarius season, a lot of this stuff, a lot of the darkness that we've been dealing with for most of November and October, and really for months, we've had so much tough stuff, will start to feel a little bit lighter. And even if things aren't actually better, we will have more optimism around the possibility that they could get better. And that is really valuable because Jupiter allows us to have faith and allows us to have hope. And sometimes that's what we need to get through to the other side. So keep that in your back pocket this week. If the eclipse beats you up, we've got Sagittarius season around the corner. Okay. And I will talk to you next week. Until then, feel free to join me 
on text, you can join my text community by texting I'm in to 917-540-3401. And you can join me on Instagram. And if you want to snag one of those Astro BizCast spots, then you can head to the link in the show notes and sign up and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends. Finally, come find me on Instagram at Veronica Peretti. I'll talk to you next week.